Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What does your morning sound like? Uh, Goodbye, baby. She's finally asleep. Hi, welcome to McDonald's. Can I get a sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles? Mm. Here's to making your morning routine a little better with a delicious breakfast from McDonald's. Mix and match two of your favorites for just $4. The Sausage McMuffin with Egg and the Sausage Egg and Cheese McGriddles. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. Guys being dudes, excuse me, just a guy being dudes here on the Draft Dudes podcast today. Kyle Krabs is off, so I hope that doesn't mean you just turned this podcast off and that you're going to continue to listen to me run the ship solo. I am Joe Marino of NDT Scouting and FanRag Sports, and uh, I normally say that I'm joined by Kyle Krabs, but that's not the case here. Uh, Today on the podcast, I am going to look at the AFC South uh, the draft classes that were assembled by these teams, how they improve their rosters, get into some of the storylines and the specifics of each pick. And uh, let's let's go. Let's get into this. Uh, first up, the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, what we see here is a team that made a decision to improve the defense, which is a good move. Uh, you have Andrew Luck running that offense. You have plenty of receivers. Uh, the offensive line could have used some help, but Really, when we look at the Colts and when we look at the Colts over the last, oh gosh, a long time, it's about improving that defense. And in Chris Ballard's first draft as general manager, he made a commitment to improving that unit right off the bat with Malik Hooker at 15 overall. And that's somewhat of a surprise that he was still there. Many people said he was the next Ed Reed. And and if that's true, that's not a player that makes it to 15. But he's still a good player, a player that's going to help that defense because of what he can do in deep zones and uh, attacking the football. And because he has so much range on the back end and so much ability to attack the football, it's going to 
to allow them to be more multiple with what happens in front of them. Uh, they can be aggressive with man coverage underneath. They can run some short zones and, and let him lurk over top. Uh, and we know that he can get to the football and he disrupts at the catch point exceptionally well. So uh, Malik Hooker uh, at 15, I think, is much better value than if a team were to took him taking him in the top, you know, seven, eight picks, something like that. Uh, then they went with Quincy Wilson with their second round pick out of Florida. Um, really like how this player complements the, the hooker uh, pick, you know, Wilson's a, a, an aggressive uh, bump and run corner. He can press, uh, has good ball skills. And so when you talk about Hooker and Wilson combined, you have two players with really nice ball skills, the guys that are going to win at the catch point, have really good length, and, uh, and you know, Wilson's going to be the kind of guy that can match up with those more physical receivers in the NFL. Now, for his size, I, I will say that I wish he was a bit more uh, consistent as a D-gap defender. But that's just what you get with Wilson right now. I think that will come. Uh, but two guys that's going to get their hands on a lot of footballs and Wilson and Hooker. And then, you know, getting Terrell Basham with pick 80 is is a nice move to get uh, an edge rusher that I think can, can help them. Um, you know, it's not normal that you see players that play edge really making an impact that aren't, you know, high picks or second round picks at the minimum. Uh, but I think Basham has that type of skill set that he's going to be able to win with quickness and power, uh, productive player at Ohio. And, and, you know, I think that's a nice uh, way to round out their trio of picks here to help the defense. Now they lose me here with this Zach Banner pick, uh, pick 137, man, this guy, I just don't know if he's going to be able to make it in the NFL. He's just big and slow and he has lead feet and he bends at the waist and, you know, I just think he's going to have a hard time squaring up edge rushers, probably a guy that might have to kick inside. But then things happen quicker inside, and I don't know if he has the the, the quickness to compete. So uh, he's got plenty of length, um, and that helps him a ton. But, you know, he, moving his feet, you know, to take away those landmarks on the edge track are a major concern for me. A little bit rich for my liking. Actually, this was over a 100-point reach on my board. He was a 240 240th overall player on my board, and and the Colts took him at 137. So that's a massive reach for me. Uh, I'll be surprised if if there's dividends paid for for that selection. Uh, Marlon Mack's interesting. Uh, this is a team that I pegged as a potential running back slot, and uh, Marlon Mack is that guy that you think about uh, could be a an every down threat at the next level. Um, I'm not overly enamored with him, but he's he gives you a chance. He he's got really nice receiving skills. He's made explosive plays in in the run game. Um, and he's got a lot of mileage on his tires. But um, you know, if you're looking for that guy in in day three that has a chance to uh, potentially become a, a a feature back in the NFL, he is that guy. Uh, worst case scenario, you have a nice backup uh, and someone that can be part of the rotation when uh, Frank Gore hangs up his cleats. Now let's look at this Nathan Harrison pick out of Temple. Uh, this is one of my sleeper picks for this draft. Uh, he's he's uh, He's got a lot of great physical attributes, and he's new to the position. I think his best football is in front of him. So when we look back at this Colts draft class in three years, don't be surprised if we if we look at this Nathan Harrison pick right here at 150, 158 and say that this wasn't the steal of this of this uh, of this group because I really like his upside. Anthony Walker, a player that. Um, 
is a little bit underwhelming, but I'm sure he'll be a, a, a fine special teams contributor in reserve at pick 161. So when you look at this Colts draft class, really like the three picks in a row to start off things uh, to improve that defense. Zach Banner, they lose me. Marlon Mack has a chance to be part of the rotation. And then the, the Harrison pick really is one that intrigues me, a guy that I think uh, will wind up being a steal. So there you have it, the Colts recap. Now let's move on to the Jaguars, who made an obvious commitment that they want to run the football right there using the number four pick in the draft on Leonard Fournette out of LSU. Now, Leonard Fournette is not a universal scheme fit. He is not a player that I would have been happy with any team taking that high in the draft. But because it's Jacksonville and because of what he's going to be able to do for that offense, I can really get behind this. Now, Blake Bortles had a massive regression last season, and it's uh, it's something where he needed a ground game to rely on so that the passing game can become more complementary to the running game. And now they've got a bell cow running back in Fournette that is a rare blend of size, uh, speed, and power. And they can really rely on him to carry this offense. And, and that should open things up in the passing game. Now, you know, Fournette faced a lot of heavy box situations in college, not unlike what I think will happen with Jacksonville because the passing game at, uh, at LSU was very underwhelming. Uh, you know, they were able to focus in on Fournette, and Fournette was still very productive. Now, it's at the next level here, I think that's going to be a similar situation where they're going to load up on Fournette and say, okay, Bortles beat us. And, uh, you know, that, that'll that have to happen. But, um, you know, Bortles really gets what I like to call a best friend here in Fournette, a guy that can take some attention off him. Really like their second-round pick as well, getting Cam Robinson. Uh, when you think about this pick, I mean, it really complements the, the Fournette pick in, in that Robinson's a guy that can move bodies and unroot, uh, uh, uproot defensive linemen out of gaps. And, and that's what – Fournette needs offensive linemen that are able to create space and that he can uh, can see that daylight and get into it. Uh, and then from there, it's all about making uh, the defenders make business decisions in space. So uh, Cam Robinson has all the tools to become a very, very high-quality offensive tackle at the next level, and you know he'll work well uh, with head coach Doug Marone to establish this power running game. Now, Dwayne Smoot, their, their pick 68, uh, is an interesting player. I like what he offers as a pass rusher. Really nice first step. He's pretty uh, twitched up. He's got nice bend around the corner. But he's he's entirely raw when playing the run. Now he comes from that Lovey Smith Tampa two defense where the, the the playing the run is a complete afterthought for these defensive ends, and and that's uh, pretty evident when you watch Smoot on tape uh, because he has no commitment to playing the run. So that's something he's going to have to prove that he can play the run because he didn't do it at Illinois. Uh, but at the same time, he does get after the passer, and that's what's most valuable. That's what. The NFL is about passing the football and people that can stop the pass and guys that can rush the passer. I think Dwayne, Dwayne Smoot can help them, and they've got a nice little stockpile of, of rushers here uh, on this Jaguars front uh, seven. D.D. Westbrook, interesting pick. This is one of the most productive players in college football last year, a player that I liked quite a bit. 
Um, he's small and he's got some some off the field concerns, but you know there's no questioning this guy's ability to separate and, and attack the football. He's a little bit light in the trunk, but from a slot perspective, I think he can be a nice player for them. And then one of my favorite picks in the entire draft, Blair Brown, uh, right here. Uh, they got him at pick 148. He was my 73rd player overall in this draft. Uh, Blair Brown, I think, can be the Paul Puzzley. Paul Puzlesny replacement and really complement the the combination of Miles Jack and Telvin Smith on the outside. You put Blair in the middle. He can be the downhill gap plugger and let those guys run around and make plays. A really nice complimentary player to what they have and a guy that can be the eventual starter. Jalen Myrick, quick uh, quick, quick, quick guy. If you watch this guy, he's uh, obviously he timed extremely well at the at the combine. Did that, but but that play speed, excuse me, shows up on tape, and uh, I think they've got a, a guy that can compete for an inside nickel spot. So when you look at this Jaguars draft class, you know a team that already had quite a bit of talent. I thought they did a nice job of uh, of adding to their talent and and helping establish an identity on offense with the power running game. I I don't think you can do a better job job of establishing that than going out and getting Leonard Fournette and coming away with Cam Robinson uh, to get that going for you. So I really like what the Jaguars were able to do a lot of very positive value. Looking at the Texans now, uh, <laughs> this is a team that has really been on the verge here. They're, you know, of winning in the playoffs and they were quarterback away there. They needed that production in the passing game. So I like what they were able to do to go get the Sean Watson. Go ahead and, and and move up and get him. Yeah, he's he really fits what they have already on offense. Look at the receivers that they have. You know, Nuke Hopkins, Will Fuller, Braxton Miller. You know, that's not very much unlike what he had at Clemson with you know with the Mike Williams and a Dion Kane uh, and an Artavis Scott where he can just orchestrate this offense. He can work the football into situations where those guys can go get it. Uh, And he's got the running game with Lamar Miller. And and I just really like this situation, working with Bill O'Brien in in an offense where I think we'll get to see Watson use his legs. Uh, He'll be able to test man coverage down the field and then just keep things on schedule with some quick stuff. And, uh, you know, I think this is the player that's really right for them. And I give them a lot of credit for identifying that and going up and getting their guy. You know, Watson's probably going to be a pretty early starter and a guy who's obviously had as much success as any college football player. He's taken Clemson to the biggest stages that college football has to offer, and he's performed really well. So uh, they got their guy at quarterback, their biggest need, and they've got themselves a guy that I think can help right away and be their long-term starter. Zach Cunningham, their second around pick. Uh, anyone that's listened to me talk over the last eight months, you know that I love Zach Cunningham. I think he's an every down player. He's got range. He's got athletic ability. He's got play strength. The only concern with Zach Cunningham is that he misses a lot of tackles, but he misses them because he's arriving out of control. I think if he does a better job of coming to balance, which he'll he'll do in the NFL with the, with the coaching and, and the less amount of space that he'll have to cover, uh, I, think, I think Cunningham's a player that'll produce like a first rounder that they got in the in in the second round. I like Deonta Foreman. Their, their pick are right there at 89 running back out of Texas. You know, he's a guy that uh, people took shots at because he's a big back, but he doesn't necessarily have a lot of power components to his game. He's not a Leonard Fournette style runner where he's just going to plow over people. He actually has speed and vision and he doesn't run into the back of offensive linemen all the time. So uh, I can really get behind, behind uh, this pick. I think he's got starter traits for him. And, uh, you know, he, he needs to prove himself in pass pro and catching the football, 
But, um, you know, just because he's a big back that doesn't necessarily win with power, it doesn't mean he's a bad player. He's just a unique player, and I think he's a good one, a rare blend of size and speed. So um, I think he's a natural runner, and I think that he's going to be a very solid pro. Um, Looking at some of their later selections here for the Houston Texans, you know, Julian Davenport, a guy that's got all the length and physical traits you, you'd like, but, I mean, from a technique perspective, he's going to need a lot of work. So if, if Texans fans are looking at this draft and saying, all right, we've got a, we got a, a starter here in Davenport, eh, not so fast. I think this is more of a, of a swing tackle and a player that uh, ultimately will need some time to develop if he even does. Carlos Watkins, I mean, look at the guy's production out of Clemson. Their pick at 142. You know, he he's a player that uh, was able to produce a lot of sacks, but when you watch him on tape, you're like, I really don't understand how he did that. You know, he's not a very urgent player. He doesn't work through contact well. He doesn't beat blocks well, but he seems to be in the right place at the right time. So I don't want to discredit that, but there's a reason that, you know, a guy with double-digit sacks at Clemson wasn't selected to pick 142. He might be able to be part of that rotation, but, I, you know, someone's going to have to light a fire under his ass uh, because uh, he's underwhelming when you watch him on a snap-to-snap basis. Uh, you know, Tristan Deku out of Oregon State, pick 160 you got to like the length that he offers. Uh, you know, he's got some physicality to his game, a guy that can provide depth on the outside. And then Kyle Fuller out of Baylor. Couldn't believe this guy was drafted. Picked him, picked him at 243. So I'm not going to hate on a guy that's selected towards the later portions of the draft, almost the end of it. But when I watched Kyle Fuller on tape, I didn't see a player that looked like an NFL guy to me. Well, actually, he did look like an NFL guy. He's got all the size and, and, and experience you could want. But when you watch this guy play, He's really underwhelming. I mean, uh, this guy just constantly lets defensive linemen into his pads, resetting the line of scrimmage. He doesn't have much urgency. He's not creating any movement. So if if Kyle Fuller is a good NFL football player, uh, I guess I, I owe a lot of people something because I, that's one I just don't see coming. Really surprised that they would use a draft pick on him, even if it's a seventh round. I've spent way too much time criticizing a seventh round pick but you know that's what we do here we, we get into everything every piece of the draft and uh um, there you have it how about the Tennessee Titans now I'm really surprised Kyle didn't show up today because we're talking about the Tennessee Titans and they got a couple of his dudes you know, Corey Davis Kyle's number two player in the draft uh they went out and got him at pick five after you know everyone was talking about how he could slip into the second round and the you know he didn't run a 40-yard dash because his ankles hurt and everyone was weirdly concerned about all that. Well, no, he's a top-five pick, and he's a true number-one receiver. I love this. I love the player that they went out and got for Marcus Mariota. You know, they made a substantial investment in Marcus Mariota, and he deserves to be surrounded with weapons, and, and what better way to do that than to go get the best wide receiver in the draft at pick five. Corey Davis is a threat to win at all levels of the field. Big time after the catch ability. He's twitched up, alpha type receiver, and I think this is going to be a dynamic, lethal duo here in in Mariota and uh, uh, Davis. Now they had another second round, another first round pick, and they used that on Adore Jackson. And I, you know, everyone, I, I assume everyone, of course, if I wrote it, you went and read it. I wrote a piece on Adore Jackson about uh, all that he offers and uh, how solid of a cornerback I think he is. He's sticky down the field, and his click and close is really nice. Obviously, the ball skills are there. He's going to be a player that can help them on special teams, maybe even offense on a pinch. Uh, 
There you go. Maybe that'd be fun, right? But um, I think he's got an it factor. You know, a guy that just he's a ball player, man. He he goes out and makes plays. He's got some technique stuff to work on as as a cornerback in coverage. But that's going to come. And and uh, you know, I really like his prospects and how he fits that Dick LeBeau system, where his click and close ability is going to be really nice in his ball skills. His ability to close in playing forward uh, from the slot is going to be nice. Now, Taywan Taylor, Kyle's number two wide receiver in the draft. Uh, they went out and got. So so we talk about Tennessee, their need to add uh, talent on the perimeter, weapons around Marcus Mariota, and they went out and got Kyle Krabs, number one, number two wide receivers in this draft. Uh, well done, right? And then let's not look past their next pick, John U. Smith out of Florida International, who's a really nice move piece tight end, a guy that really uh, gives them a lot of the same things that Delaney Walker gives them. And we saw how productive Mariota and Walker can be. And now you've got a player just like him. He can replace Walker. Um, in time and become a compliment to him. And now you've got two Delaney Walkers and well, that just sounds delightful. So Marcus Mariota went into this draft without a whole lot of help around him. And he came away with, you know, two wide receivers and a tight end that are going to be able to create plays for him in the passing game. So nicely done. Now let's move on to their later selections. Jayon Brown out of UCLA. Uh, this was my sleeper linebacker, a guy that I think when you watch the tape, you know, he was able to be the guy who came in. For Miles Jack, when Miles Jack went down last year, and he filled in nicely, and then he came into his own as as a senior, really good coverage linebacker, right? Uh, that's something that's becoming more and more important in the NFL, where you need guys that can can defend the pass, guys that can function in zones, guys that can carry tight ends into space and get out into the flats and cover these running backs. Well, Jayon Brown can do that. And you think about this this Dick LeBeau system where it's, there's a lot of zone blitzes. You need guys that are aware and can cover these zones. Now you got a guy in Jayon Brown who I think is going to be a nice player. And, you know, pick 155, you know, you're not really necessarily thinking about big-time contributors in that area, but I like what Jayon Brown can do and what he can become. Corey Levin is a player out of uh, UT Chattanooga who has really good tape. If you watch him, if you watch smaller school guys, you want to see them kick ass and dominate and, and look the part. He did it. He did it. Now, uh, you know, he's he's got some technique stuff to clean up, but I think I would not be surprised if, you know, he's a very, very useful backup for Tennessee and, and you know, at some point in his career, maybe his next team, he's a starter. Uh, looking at the rest of their draft, not a whole lot of excitement. Josh Carraway is a player who's had some production at TCU, um, and uh, you know, he's underwhelming to me. And, and then they got uh, you know, a situational running back there in California, Muhammad. And an offensive tackle, I'm not going to lie. I'm not familiar with him, Brad Seaton uh, out of Vill- Villanova. So uh, I like what Tennessee was able to do in terms of getting – playmakers around Marcus Mariota and getting defensive help in the right way that really fit Dick LeBeau uh, and their system. So um, I, I, collectively, it sounds like I'm quite satisfied with the uh, the collective draft classes that the AFC South teams were able to put together. Um, so a lot of good value, a lot of logic behind what these teams did to improve their rosters, fill holes, get talent, uh, at, at all portions of the draft. So nicely done, AFC South. Now, uh, we got a lot coming for you at NDT Scouting. Uh, today, I wrote a piece on Mason Rudolph and James Washington, who is a, a stud combination quarterback wide receiver. Uh, so you can check that out and, and see um, 
why you should be excited about watching those players this fall. Uh, we've been doing a lot of other 2018 guys. Uh, John Ledger did a piece on Sam Hubbard. Kyle looked at USC quarterback Sam Darnold. I also did a piece on Tavares McFadden out of Florida State and, and Arden Key out of LSU. So we are turning the page on NDTScouting.com, looking at these 2018 guys. At the same time, we're still giving you that 2017 recap, so we are pumping up content for you. Encourage you to check out NDTScouting.com, where we are uh, really trying to be that oasis for you. Right now, it is dry. If you're looking for NFL draft content, it is a dry place to be. We are your oasis. We have it for you. We're not stopping. This is a a, a 365 process. We're trying to be transparent with that, uh, so that's why you see a lot of these these articles that we're writing supplemented with video. You can see when we use all this scouting jargon in our reports. All right, well, what does that mean? Well, go watch these. Go look at these articles that we're writing and watch the tape and, and really jump on board and understand what we are trying to communicate to you. Um, so Kyle is going to be back on Monday, presumably. We're going to get into the AFC West. Uh, and get into those teams, those draft classes. I can't wait to talk about the Chargers. So that's coming for you. Uh, and, and so make sure that you are subscribed and, and don't miss it. Uh, you know, we haven't asked you in a long time to uh, to subscribe and, and review, but that stuff really appreciates us. So if you are enjoying what we're doing, please take a moment and send us a, a five-star review. Uh, and say some kind words about us, and, and we'd really appreciate that. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, whatever you're listening to this on, iTunes, Audio Boom, Podbean, Stitcher, whatever. We're here for you. Um, and follow along on social media. Uh, we have uh, NDT Scouting has a Facebook page, facebook.com slash NDT Scouting. I wake up every morning, and I, and I publish, uh, or, or I schedule posts for you. So please hit us, hit us with a like. So that I know that you guys are, are checking this stuff out. NDT Scouting LLC is our Twitter handle. So if you want to really stay up to date with the content, that's the place to do it. You can follow me at the Joe Marino. Kyle is at NDT Scouting. We're, we hope you enjoy your weekend. And we'll be back again for you on Monday to recap the AFC West. Thanks for listening to the Draft Dudes Podcast. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. About 720 to 729, select styles only. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.